Welcome to the Adult Stepchild Podcast. I'm your host, Misty Kalashek. In today's episode, I talked to Abel. And before I go into his story, I want to describe the backdrop of his story a little bit more. So I met Abel in the small town of Brastown, North Carolina. And this part of North Carolina is in the heart of Appalachia. It has a lot of blue-collar traditional Christian white population that you would associate with Western North Carolina. And there's this bubble inside of that that I would compare to Hogwarts that tends to go unnoticed by the community as a whole. And that is this bubble that tends to center around the John C. Campbell Folk School. And the Folk School is a now functions more as like a tourist cruise ship type destination. But it was originally established as a way of preserving the crafts and culture of Appalachia. And it created its own community of people who were nature loving, tradition loving, artistic minded, um, urban refugees. And it wasn't too long after coming here that I met Abel, because inside that bubble, it's easy to meet one another. And time and time again, he was described as the hours baby of Brasstown. And everybody smiled when they talked about him, and everybody felt proud that they had contributed to his upbringing. And so I never really knew more than that, and was so excited to hear him tell his story of that it takes a village type experience of being raised by a blended family that really is your whole village. I hope you enjoy this. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm always looking for interviews, so if you know anybody who wants to contribute and tell their story, please tell them to email me at theadultstepchild at gmail.com. Here goes. Uh, Well, um, a lot of, I think a lot of people who uh, have step family compare it to uh, when they didn't have step family and when they were a nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't because I never had a nuclear family, mm-hmm. um, which obviously I'm not alone in that, but um, uh, my parents weren't married. They were together mm-hmm. um uh, for a while, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. I think they probably disagree a little bit on the seriousness of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I think my father, you know, thought that there was a chance that they would get married and my mother didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and so anyway, they saw each other for a while. They met at the old farmer's ball, which is a great way to meet. I know lots yeah. of couples that met there yeah. uh, in Asheville. He was living in Nashville. My mom had been living near Murphy uh, for a little while and had just acquired, acquired a, a rundown shack of a house. Uh, mm-hmm. And he wanted to adopt her and her house and... Um, you know, take care of it and that sort of thing. And so they got together for a little while. Uh, and um, by the next year, I was born. They had 
sort of had it out about getting married. And uh, my dad was already introducing my mom to the woman uh, who would be his future wife. <laughs> uh, okay. Got mom Becky. So um, I, um, there, uh, and their relationship turned out to be, um, I think, very fulfilling for both of them. They are, uh, they are, they need each other in a lot of ways. <laughs> and, and then my mom spent a very long time trying to find her life partner. Uh-huh. And that went a lot of different ways and didn't actually find him until I was basically out of the house. Uh-huh. So, um, but I do think of him, uh, they're not married now, but I do think of him Tom as my stepfather, uh, even though they're not married. Uh, and then, um, so has your mom ever been married? Yes, twice, but long before. Okay, me. okay, before you. Yes, yeah, okay. so, yeah, so that's all kind of interesting. In fact, yeah. none of them have very normal journeys in the marriage department. Yeah, uh, good. <laughs> my, uh, I'll try to stop using the word normal. Uh, <laughs> because I don't really know what it means. Uh, so, um, my mom, uh, grew up, got married early in life. Like her mom got married early in life, um, yeah. to a guy called Wes, who was, um, turned out to be a scumbag <laughs> and, uh-huh. and, um, uh, allegedly found a way to cheat on a exam. And anyway, he just wound up, uh, not turning out to be who she thought he was and they divorced. My mom went and got involved in uh, nursing and medical school and then married uh, another guy after she sort of took a hippie turn <laughs> um, and uh, had a big hippie wedding next to a pond. And that didn't last very long. And I, I don't know really the reason they broke up, but I guess it's the reason everybody breaks up. It's that yeah. they weren't right for each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, then my mom was, uh, I think, not into uh, getting married again at that time and yeah. maybe never will be. <laughs> yeah. And um, but she did want a child and her yeah. her father, you know, when he found out that she was pregnant, famously said, um, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, well, you know, watch me. Um, And then, of course, he actually died the year I was born while he was finalizing a divorce with my grandmother. Wow. Um, When he was moving up to North Carolina from Florida. So uh, he did meet me and accept me and, and was excited for my mom and me. but then he died in a car accident. Oh, wow. And then uh, my dad, I'm pretty sure, was never married before he met Becky. Uh-huh. Um, she was married once before uh, to a guy that was in a few ways similar, but in many ways very different. Um, and uh, and in the ways that he's different it was very unhealthy for Becky and she managed to leave she calls that her old life mm-hmm. and um 
and she never looked back. Uh, her parents were, of course, were the only <laughs> of my uh, parents, parents or step parents, parents who stayed married their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, my dad's mother did stay married <laughs> her whole life um, to uh, a man that raised. Steve, but um, this is sort of a family secret. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. not uh, his biological father. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, it's all very uh, strange and interesting, and it's led me to understand both that there's no magic recipe for family, and also that family is important. And um, you know, I'm trying to get married right now. Uh and I'm excited about that and I do want it to be a lifetime fairly traditional marriage (laughs) you know uh that's I think always the desire when you set out and Uh um I think we've got a great chance of of making that work um and probably in part because of um both of our different experiences with life and family well, you were saying that, you know, your parents' generation and your grandparents' generation, they all had these abnormal um, marital situations, and maybe they didn't. Maybe they were just more honest about, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, the ups and yeah. downs, and that maybe. could, maybe that'll benefit you in the end, because, you know, you'll be able to anticipate different challenges. Could be, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm generally the benefit that, you know, all experiences of benefit you know yeah yeah (laughs) in the end um yeah so growing up uh I had a lot of wonderful people in my life who were important parts of raising me some of Mm -hmm. them were parents some of them were parent-like many of them were more avuncular or uh you know godparent-esque um my uh my time you know, my mother, like I said, uh, didn't find her life partner until uh, I went away to college in Tom, but she did have several serious relationships and um, with people who were attempting to co-parent me, you know, <laughs> and um, so uh, I, I did have, in some sense, uh, stepchild relationships with those people. Mm-hmm. although they weren't married but it was you know several years of involvement yeah. well and and marriage doesn't constitute a, a blended family a blended right. family can yeah. be you know anything outside of that 1950s mom and dad you know first marriage scenario yeah yeah right um yeah so uh i think the first person like that uh, that i think of is this guy called mark who was with my mom for a couple of years. It's interesting that my house, my childhood home kind of plays a role in this journey. <laughs> it was, it's an off the, it's a, it's a not normal house. It's off the grid. It doesn't have power or it did have running water, but it doesn't now. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't later, but, it, uh, but at the time uh, the power, the solar power system was failing and this guy was into hydroelectric and he <laughs> put some hydro system in and he also taught me soccer and taught me guitar and 
uh, you know, he um, would take me to school. This was this brief period in my life when I went to elementary school and he was my soccer coach. And so that was interesting. And I actually wound up spending time with him some after they broke up uh, because we did have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And then the house further deteriorated and the water systems broke and the power systems broke. And um, after uh, a year or so after uh, Mark was out of the picture, we met this guy called Hunt who lived in a bus mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the painter. Yes, he's a painter. <laughs> and uh, he, we moved into his bus and lived in a uh, you know, bluebird bus for several years uh-huh. um, and moved around. We spent some time in Brasstown and some time in uh, Florida and uh, a little bit of time in Maine. And actually, uh, they were trying to, you know, have them time. And that was one of the early times I spent a long time with my father. Um, uh-huh. the, Do you remember your age? This you would have been maybe visit? eight years old. I was okay. uh, third grade. Uh-huh. Um, so they went to Maine together and uh, I spent a couple of months with my dad, which I had never done before. Uh-huh. Um I guess I should backtrack that one of the interesting things about the arrangement with my father and mother was that they made an agreement um, that there was never any courts involved. There were never uh, legal battles, even legal agreements of any kind. Um, but they made an agreement that uh, he would not be entitled to visitation or um, custody or ever try to take custody and would not, uh, and, you know, would basically try to be in my life, but, um, you know, there would no be, there would not be set visitation or anything. It would mostly be at my mother's discretion, entirely Mm -hmm. at my mother's discretion. Mm -hmm. And the, and then the trade-off was, uh, he was never, he would never be, um, required he would try to contribute, but he would never be required to pay child support, mm-hmm. um, which I think was a good r- agreement for both of them. And um, he he did wind up contributing a lot, and she did wind up letting me go to see him a lot. Um, but there was no the they they could both do that on their own terms, um, and I think that was good. So that's great. That's, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. that's so much. Yeah. That's just really honoring and, <laughs> the other, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that let them have, you know, the relationship they have, which is mostly friendly with a touch of aggravation. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, they think of each other as family. Uh-huh. So it's great. Um, my dad likes to say that he is blood related to my mom through me now. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like um, yeah, th- uh, so that was the first time I spent a long time with him. Uh-huh. I had gone to see him for a week or a weekend or whatever, um, many times, many, many times before. And by that so what time, what did that I feel s- like? Go ahead. 
Well, I mean, I, th I think it was a difficult moment because I didn't really want to <laughs> yeah. uh, go spend that long with him at the time. Um, I, I didn't feel super comfortable at the, their house and it had nothing to do really with, it certainly didn't have to do with my sister or my stepmother, who mm -hmm. I very much liked to be around. Um, although, you know, I had the usual child relationship with a three three year younger sister where it was yeah. you know I find you annoying but also I love you and want to be around you uh -huh. <laughs> you know and um and what are I mean, some I, of the little details that you remember about that visit just that's one of the things that a lot of people are curious about like um you know like just wondering if the kid is comfortable and and just the observations that they have that from the child's eyes that make the visit good or bad yeah um i mean i think it's it's a it's a cozy little house and the thing about one of the things is that um my sister didn't have her own room she was uh probably four or five at the time mm -hmm. i was seven or eight and um she slept in a single bed uh kind of under the steps she had sort of a nook it's a, it's basically a one-room cabin that mm -hmm. was my dad's house at the time it's been expanded a bit since then but uh it a one-room cabin with a loft so it's got mm -hmm. a wood stove a dining table um a nook under the steps steps up to a loft and sort of um an open space that was mostly dominated by a <laughs> a small piano that no one ever played anyway okay yeah that goes there <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and so she slept in a single bed under the steps and we shared the bed head to foot and uh -huh. that that's an uncomfortable thing for uh a, an eight-year-old boy who's used to having his own bed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right and um and you know uh there was uh tv time to think about we had you know they had a television with a couple of channels and some movies i never had tv as a kid and you know we had to fight over whether we were going to watch barney or power rangers uh -huh. obviously <laughs> and, power rangers was the right choice well yeah but uh you know i i honor now that yeah. becky uh, said well sometimes you watch barney <laughs> because that's what phoebe <laughs> wants to watch and you're like, no, it's morphin time. It is morphin time, right? Exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, Phoebe liked Power Rangers too. So, and we would run around in the woods. Um, one of the great tools of parenting there was the boppers, which were uh, two pieces of foam pipe insulation. So, if we get in, if we'd get overly rambunctious inside, they would send us outside with um, foam pipe insulation to whap each other with. That and we, good. we would sword fight with them. And uh -huh. that was a pretty good um, outlet for any aggression I was feeling because I could smack her as hard as I wanted with the bopper and couldn't hurt her, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and a pretty good outlet for her, uh, you know, a desire for attention too. And mm -hmm. it was all good. Um, and so that was good. Uh, one of the I think most difficult things for me was my punishment at home was time out mm -hmm. and there could there was the possibility of corporal punishment at my father's which never mm -hmm. happened mm -hmm. but it was it never happened to me i should say 
Um, but, you know, just seeing that as a possibility and seeing it happen to Phoebe once or twice was scary to me at the time. Yeah. And I didn't like that. Yeah. And um, it was not, uh, you know, I've, I've certainly come to learn that it was not the, you know, as violent as corporal punishment can be. Um, yeah. This was mild corporal punishment, but um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what I was used to and I didn't like that it was possible. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, that was one thing I think that was led to my discomfort. And I also felt like, um, you know, as a child, I was pretty sensitive to dust, yeast and mold. Um, mm -hmm. and so I would often come home uh, from their house and have a cold. And yeah, it could have been partly psycho psychosomatic and it could have been um, allergy sensitivity. And I would have that at yeah. home too. I mean, uh, I was also sensitive to our home uh, propane heaters, uh, yeah. dry, dry gas. So there were all kinds of things that would trigger me that way. But I did sort of associate um, their house with the possibility they had cats and, um, mm -hmm. you know, dust and pet hair and stuff would aggravate me. So I felt like I was less... Um, I don't really have uh, allergies that I treat exactly, but I am, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was sensitive to to that. So I kind of felt like that was more of a threat there um, yeah. at the time. I, you know, I, now I wouldn't worry about it, but that's something I remember feeling. <clears throat> and, but I, you know, I also just, uh, I did like being around them. My dad is uh, a a manic person but he's really smart and has a lot of things to teach and sometimes that was bad for me <laughs> I didn't uh -huh. like it and sometimes it was uh -huh. great for me you know I learned good just stuff because it's and energy got to work was... on stuff yeah well sometimes you don't want to learn how to do a thing when you're eight right. years old you know right. yeah. <laughs> and I mean now I think it's all good but uh you know that was something that you know I didn't feel free to be like I want to walk away from this you know mm -hmm. um yeah. and that was uh sometimes good sometimes bad and uh you know I, I definitely uh always felt at home with Becky she's um you know I started calling her my other mother mm -hmm. uh instead of a stepmother I never called her stepmother because I thought that was like um you know, stepmothers too wicked. The, the wicked smell. Well, you know, there's the yeah. fairy tale that the the negative uh, view of the term stepmother that's yeah. ingrained in it's fairy it's tales. Definitely, yeah, right? synonymous with evil. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that's dumb. <laughs> yeah. So do you do you remember if any of the adults helped you help your thinking on that evolved, or did you just decide it on your own that Becky wasn't evil and you yeah, gonna I don't. That. I don't remember there being any being any coaxing that way. Uh, she may have asked me not to call her stepmother, possibly, because I yeah. always called her Becky. Uh huh. Uh, to you know, when talking to her. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't know that. I, the, yeah. I, I know that she liked that I didn't mm -hmm. <laughs> call her stepmom mm -hmm. stepmother. Um. And uh. So I felt like, um, I think 
<laughs> if in in those years, uh, although I had an adversarial relationship with Phoebe, a lot of times mm-hmm. we were we were really we we grew a good relationship as sister as brother sister, and we maintain a good relationship now. Maybe in part because we didn't always have to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad does not have a great relationship with his sisters. My stepmom doesn't speak to her brother. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my mom has, uh, you know, a, a great relationship with her brother and sister, but it's fraught and I identify it being not a, not a, uh, qualified person to identify this, but I identify all their foibles as being patterns set up as children Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything that gets under my mom's skin about either of them is something that I think comes from them being kids together and well you know what our Robert says is yeah family's the final frontier that's right family's the final frontier so (laughs) so anyway uh I think that Phoebe's and my relationship is better now because we didn't spend all the time together uh, we yeah. obviously, I mean, I think um, our parents figured out quickly that we would pick a big fight whenever it was time to leave, for me mm-hmm. to leave, because mm-hmm. we didn't want to say goodbye, and it was easier to just be mad at each other and uh-huh. walk away. <laughs> That's interesting and yeah. sweet in a weird it way. In a weird way. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that other than those are some things uh, that, oh, I was going with it to the notion that uh, I have a good relationship with my dad now. I think of him as my dad now. Mm -hmm. I always Mm -hmm. thought of him as my dad. I didn't always feel parented by him at that end, Mm -hmm. you know, in in my young life because Mm -hmm. he wasn't there most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh the one of the relationship dynamics that developed then was allyship between me and Becky and Phoebe to push back on uh any manias he had you know mm-hmm. because my dad is want to panic he he likes mm-hmm. to say panic early and often and his whole demeanor can quickly shift to where are the keys where are the keys where are the keys where's this thing what's mm-hmm. what's going wrong what's going wrong and um you know we all would keep each other calm and uh basically try to tease him for it Mm -hmm. (laughs) to train Uh him out of it and we still do that we all still will try to uh uh get on each other's side to um to the point that he feels picked on sometimes uh, Ah. now when we all (laughs) hang out together because uh-huh. my sister and I both got pretty smart, thanks to him. Yeah. <laughs> and and now we're uh, we're witty and um, can <laughs> cut him a little sometimes. Uh-huh. And uh, that's that's one of our family dynamics. That's uh, that's when he can he can uh, feel a bit put upon now <laughs> as yeah. an old man, as an older man. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so um, that's much of the story. Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, th- that those those sort of patterns of people being involved. Let's go back to that. Um, yeah. With me at my, at w- when with my mother, 
um, she had a big chosen family always. She's, you know, she's a magnetic, amazing woman and mm -hmm. attracts uh, powerful people and, and interesting people and colorful people. <clears throat> so, I mean, she was friends with John and Karen uh, before I was born. They spent hours walking up and down the road trying to get me to be born before they went off to Alaska for the summer because mm -hmm. uh, I was a late child. Turns out I was breech. It wasn't my fault and couldn't <laughs> um, initiate labor myself easily. And so the, um, but, you know, they, they were, uh, ex you know, excited to be involved with my mother and her child, you know, from the time I was born. And mm -hmm. uh, she chose them as uh, sort of quote unquote godparents. We're not Catholic or um, we don't have a, an actual family tradition of godparents, but, um, you know, that she wanted to honor them and include them in my life. And Karen took that very seriously and John took that very seriously, but Karen um, tried to be involved with my spiritual learning and be mm -hmm. involved with um, intention. And, you know, we would have like New Year's Day meetings with them where we would uh you know draw signs and uh and and think about the year and they they asked me to write letters to my future self things like that yeah um and we would meet together and play scrabble um <laughs> another scrabble partner tim um uh -huh. was uh um pretty important in my life for a little while um he and my mom never had a relationship other than friendship, but yeah, you know, we um, we used his house uh, in Brasstown as home base sometimes um, mm -hmm. uh, when we came back from Florida and had a house that was um, okay to live in, but we had to haul all our own water, and so showers and laundry were hard, so we did some showers and laundry at his house, and I'd hang out, watch TV, use the internet, learn all those things that, um, you know, young boys want to learn about uh, the world from, I mean, I remember mm -hmm. when September 11, 2001 hit, we went to his house and I watched that on the television all day. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, so the, uh, then um, <laughs> when, <laughs> when he moved, Ted and Sue, who were living in Robert's basement, mm -hmm. moved to uh, Tim's former house, and um, we needed a new home base, and Robert uh, uh, had been getting to know us and asked us to use his basement as home base, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, you know, he needed some things done at his house, which uh, mom did some, and I sort of became houseboy a little bit uh -huh. <laughs> and I grew my relationship with Robert and I think of him as a brother uncle now you know we're mm -hmm. we're uh he's my best friend um and we are still very close mm -hmm. um so uh he never really played a parent role mm -hmm. but he definitely helped me in a time that I, my life was about exploring adulthood 
and mm-hmm. exploring um, life outside my mom's care uh-huh. um, because it sort of wound up by the time I was 16, 17 that mom wasn't spending any time there and I was spending all my time there. Uh-huh. Um, I, I lived there. And, um, and so that, that was sort of, although mom was still involved in my life and was trying to manage my unschooling, I was doing a school of correspondence and trying to get into college by age 19. And um, so she was involved in my education life and some of my boundaries uh, and things, but uh, we weren't living together at that time. So it was kind of an interesting deal. Was that okay or was it a disappointment to you? Oh, no, it was great. I mean, are you kidding me? That that was, um, I think it allowed me to explore adulthood in a really safe way. Um, Yeah. Teenagers are so tricky because they look like adults, but then they still want you there. Right. Kind of like a house plant. Like, I want to know you're there and and be in my peripheral, but let me... let me do my thing. So. And this really offered that, you know, I think one of the things about my mom's and my relationship is a lot of it happened in the car. Um, uh-huh. from, we used to live on the other side of Murphy and drive to Brasstown every year, which is like a 35 uh-huh. minute drive. And we would talk and she would lay on the things that were bothering her. And I would talk mm-hmm. about, uh, what I was experiencing and, we also spent a lot of time as dance gypsies and went all over the country contra dancing. We'd go to dance weekends and um, we also would visit my grandmother in Florida a few times. So we would get in the van and drive. And um, so we spent a lot of time in the car together and that was still true. Um, I, didn't, I didn't drive until a little bit late. It was odd because I, I learned to drive very early, um, but then I didn't get my license until pretty late um, because I could walk everywhere in Brasstown, which is most yeah. of where I wanted to go. And um, and then if I needed to go other places, she was still generally my ride. So she would uh, come get me, take me places, and we would still you know talk and catch up and do parenting. <laughs> uh-huh. And so even when I wasn't really living with her, she was still doing parent stuff. So I think it was a nice, happy medium. Um, That's really sweet and such a little detail that nobody ever thinks of. I I love your quote that the relationship happened in the car. Yeah, well, a lot of it did. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff to get into. Gosh, I mean, the the differences between my parents' uh, homes in were, were uh, many, <laughs> mm-hmm. they, you know, for one thing, um, spiritual life was really different. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is very much, uh, you know, she was raised Christian, um, mm-hmm. but uh, found a lot more spiritual f- f- fulfillment in um, sort of her earth goddess awakening and mm-hmm. uh, um, Native American attachment. One of the earliest people in my life that was um, 
the father figure was Jerry Bear, mm-hmm. who people know uh, around Brasstown because he bikes around and collects ginseng and cuts grass for his horses and stuff. And he was kind of a babysitter when I was very young and my mom was still working uh, a fair amount of regular hours. Um, and we would go run around in the woods together. And uh, so <laughs> he kind of got, I guess, well, they, I, I don't know how this happened, but my mom and he were both in, on a plane of, um, you know, uh, trying to understand the spirituality of first peoples and, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, what that could do for your spirit and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, uh, my mom was going to sweat lodges, uh, yeah. early in my life. And I would, uh, go and hang out with the other kids of the people who were the sweat lodges. Um, and my dad, uh, is, and, and his wife are, um, very, good Christians I mean that in every way that you can be a good Christian (laughs) they they really help me understand you know I I have a lot of strife with uh Christianary uh, Christian uh uh values in this country as they have manifested politically Mm -hmm. and um you know if you ask somebody, uh, well, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, is it uh, classic Jesus or Republican <laughs> Jesus? I think that means meme's been going around. Uh-huh. They're they're classic Jesus, and uh-huh. um, my dad is a kind of, I mean, he's practically a qualified biblical scholar, just you know, from the amount of reading he does and and getting into the meaning and the history. Uh, etc. And Becky is deeply devoted to the idea of Christ-like Christianity and actually following, you know, what Christ seems to have meant uh-huh. <laughs> in the New yeah. Testament. So they're, uh, uh, you know, they had a pretty, um, they would go to church every week and sometimes in Clemson, sometimes uh, the mountain where they live. Um, various kinds my dad's church christ um and but but there wasn't the closest one was in clemson and so we'd also go to baptists and other places and uh dad loves to go try to teach people at churches um what what the book means that's amazing (laughs) and he uh so he he's definitely a, uh, a devoted christian um, my, my sister and I have not really turned out that way, although yeah. I think that, you know, the values and, um, God, our presences in our lives, uh, and then, um, you know, I also learned a lot of spiritual value from people like Karen, who were, who was, um, uh, very much in the angels and intentions uh, camp of God and mm-hmm. my mom who is very much in a uh, a great spirit understanding of God vein so uh, spiritual life was an interesting exploration in both houses so I have one last question for you um, yeah either as a child or now as an adult 
have you been able to know other step families and been able to contrast your experience against theirs? Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, I have known other step families, including yours. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, the Kelichek world is a wild one. Um, and going to Warren Wilson, I met a lot of other young adults who came from different kinds of homes. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love to hear your story so much because every adult in your life was allowed to share their best selves with you and nobody mm -hmm. was under a microscope. Yeah. And you benefited so much from that. Whereas by contrast, a lot of families are so under the microscope mm -hmm. that they get lost in power struggles with the other parent or mm -hmm. tit for tat and, you know, how many days the child was with you and how much you owe me for that. And, um, or just this competition as to who's the favorite parent, which makes them like Disneyland parents instead of real yeah. parents. And so it really, skews the child's view of the world and you're so so lucky that you just had this gentle experience with so many people and and got to kind of glean their best qualities and learn from that that's I love that yeah you're making me think of my my other best friend Ian uh, uh -huh. who I would go <laughs> this is a, ch a missing chunk of this life where I would go uh a lot to visit him in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. He was living mm -hmm. with his mom and his parents had divorced and they would later get back together for a little while and then separate again. Um, and he was by far the youngest child. They had two much older children who were practically adult or were adults by then. And um, he was my age, uh, I think we were 11 when we met. And uh, we met through contra dancing and I would spend time with him and he wound up with that Disneyland dynamic where mm -hmm. both parents were really competing for him and he wound up with a lot of material goods that way his mom built him his own like space at her house so he had kind of uh, uh he had a standalone room that was removed mm -hmm. from the house Okay. Xbox and um, his dad um, like to you know take him places and give him things I think uh, I think he's the one that gave us tickets to Jazz Fest one year and anyway uh, uh, actually I could be wrong about that that might have been Georgie anyway the point is they did a lot of competing and he, yeah I think it made some toxic toxicity in his relationship with both of them mm -hmm. he's he's now very uh, very close to both of them it all worked mm -hmm. out <laughs> but Good. at the time you know I just remember being shocked by the way he would lie to his mother <laughs> uh -huh. and um you know expect me to back him up or the way he would um you know uh yeah, it just led to a lot of disrespect. Totally. I mean, I think yeah. what the kid's saying is, I see that you don't respect you, so why should I respect you? And yeah. and I, I think there's a direct result in um, a child's dismissive behavior when you dismiss your own values to be the Disneyland parent. Yeah, that's a uh, an interesting notion. Yeah. yeah. It's been lovely speaking with you. Thank you yeah, for able, me explore these you. chapters in my life. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for telling them. This is my favorite kind of story, and I just wish this for everybody. You know, I think every kid deserves this, and 
look look what a rich experience it was for you yeah i mean i ultimately i'm so grateful for brasstown and you know it brings all of my family together yeah and well in, i think you're brasstown's golden boy yeah well <laughs> <laughs> uh i uh i appreciate uh so much the life that uh that, that community has brought me from my Morris peeps to my folk school people and learning and my, I mean, that's, I, I think just that, you know, takes a village idea came to fruition in me. Yeah, you got to and live I'm that. And I'm so grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you turned out okay. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> 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 As good as could possibly be expected. Mm -hmm.